You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 28. Hey bitches, what is up you guys? It's your girl Carly. Welcome back to Hey Bitches Podcast. I hope you guys are having an incredible week. Um, I hope that you guys, if you're going back to school like I am, you guys are having an incredible first week back to school. I am finally almost done my degree. I'm in my last semester of my degree and I literally could not be happier to be done. It's been a long five years and I am just, I'm ready. I am ready to graduate and just be done with everything. So yeah, um, I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you guys are having a great Thursday and I hope you guys are excited for today's episode. In episode, I think it's 25, everything I've learned after being single for a year, I casually mentioned um, the BDSM test and the love languages and also the Myers-Briggs. And I told you guys I would do a more kind of in-depth episode about that. So today, that is kind of what we're talking about. And I'm not just going to explain to you like what they all are and all of this kind of stuff. I kind of am going to break down why I think all of those three tests are important when you're just like getting out there and starting to date people, just because I feel like it just tells a bigger picture and a better story of that person. And don't get me wrong, like I don't think you should judge someone solely based on the results of these three tests, but it does actually help you get a better understanding of that person. So yeah, I thought I would share it today because a couple of you guys have slid in my DMs and asked for the links to the quizzes and all of that kind of stuff. So if you are interested in learning about that, let's get into the episode. Okay, so um, the order I think I'm gonna do this in is the Myers-Briggs, the love language, and then the BDSM test. And I purposely am saving the BDSM test for last because I do have some some tings to say about it, but let's start with the Myers-Briggs. Now, you guys, my best friend Nikki, she is obsessed with Myers-Briggs, like obsessed, obsessed to the point where she has a note in her phone of all of our friend group and then also all of like the guys that she's ever seen, they are Myers-Briggs types. So the whole premise behind it is that there's 16 different personalities and you get a whole bunch of different letter combinations that describe who you are. So I am an ENFP, so that means I have extroversion, intuition, feeling, and perception. So that means I'm definitely like one of those people who... I'm obviously very extroverted. I think my test results were literally like 98% extroverted, 2% introverted or something like that. And then the next one is intuition, which is an N, even though it does start with an I, but whatever. So intuition. And I honestly, I feel like I really fall into that category. Like I feel like I'm very intuitive for a lot of things, whether it's business or my friends and family life or whatever. The next one is feeling, and if you know me, you know that is 100% accurate because I am the most, like, sappy, dramatic, emotional little baby that you will ever know, and that I feel like also ties in with the fact that I'm a Cancer, so yeah, um, I am definitely an F, (laughs) and then the last one is perception. So I think that means are you more of like a planner or are you spontaneous? And so my p-type is um, planning. And you guys would know if you've ever seen my like crazy 
Trello organized calendar. Um, I've shown it on a bunch of my Instagram stories, but you guys would know that I am a, a psycho for good organizational tools. So I took this quiz and I, I took it with a, like a lot of expectations, right? Because at the time I was like, okay, whatever, like a personality test is a personality test. It's kind of the same with your zodiac sign. You can be like, oh yeah, like I'm a Scorpio or like I'm a Taurus and people can be like, ooh, like blah, 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 blah. And then there's other people who just like don't really give a fuck like what their results are. So I was like, okay, like we'll see what happens. And so I took it and I was an ENFP and I was like, okay, this is pretty accurate. Nikki, of course, she got her whole friend group to do it and it kind of revealed pretty accurately what everybody else's types were. So for example, my two best friends, you know, Gage and Nikki are INTJs. So they are literally the same person, just one is female and one is male, which totally makes sense as to why they're both my best friends (laughs) because they literally have the same personality types and we have opposite letters for the most part. So we kind of balance each other out, which is honestly super, super nice. Now, the reason that I bring up the Myers-Briggs and the personality test is because if you know your own Myers-Briggs and you know someone else that you're interested in Myers-Briggs, then you can kind of get a feel for a lot of different things. So for example, a really, really good example where I found a lot of friction is the P versus J type. So I'm pretty sure that's spontaneous versus planning. That means, for example, like I'm a planner. So like I'm not the kind of person that will just like pick up and leave next week. And I know some people may think that because I'm just like, oh, like, well, I'm going here and I'm going here and blah, 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 blah. And it seems kind of spontaneous, but it's also like months out. So I have time to plan for it and all of that kind of stuff. So I definitely am a planner versus an actual spontaneous type literally will just like get up and go and do something. And that literally stresses me out. It, I don't have a good time when stuff like that happens. And my ex-boyfriend was a J-type or whatever, whatever the spontaneous type is. And that totally put a strain on our relationship because he would be like, oh, like, well, do you want to go out and do this? Just like randomly, just like random things. And it would mostly involve like spontaneously traveling. And I would be like, uh, no, like I have things to do. Like I have a life here. Like I have stuff to do. Like I literally have to work tomorrow. Like, what do you mean? And so that kind of caused a little bit of strain and I'm not saying that like if I would have known that that was his whatever type before we started dating I would have not dated him but it does give me more insight now that I do know that okay this person is a spontaneous type for example I need to figure out how to deal with that and figure out like how to communicate that I am not a spontaneous person and that I am more of a planner and like figure out how to meet in the middle. The same can be said with all of the other letters in the four letter combinations. So for example, introvert versus extrovert. I have this problem with my whole friend group because literally my entire friend group is I types. So they're all introverts and I am like the only E. That means all of the time, I'm like, hey guys, do you want to do something? Do you want to blah, blah, blah? One of the best examples I have ever realized that I am truly an E-type, I was out for lunch with Nikki and Gage. This was like the second time that they had met, so this was before we even became like a really close friend group, but I was out for lunch with Nikki and Gage, and we were shooting content after. I had some brand photos that I needed to shoot for Instagram and all this kind of stuff, and keep in mind, they're both I-types, and they're the same I-type, so we, sh- we had lunch, 
We shot photos. So we hung out for probably a solid like three and a half hours. And after we were done, I was like, okay, like, do you guys want to go do something? And they're like, Carly, are you freaking kidding me? Like you've, we've been doing stuff for hours. And in my head, I was like, okay, whatever. Like that's just like, that's work. That's not really like hanging out with people because I am so extroverted. I was like, yeah, like that's just work. That's just like what it is. Like just being around people and hanging out. But both of them are so introverted that they were like, this is all of the social interaction that I needed today, blah, 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 blah. So I, I really had to figure out how to properly balance that and kind of come to terms and appreciate that like not everybody is an extrovert and that I need to figure out how to balance my extroversion with their introversion. Similar to the spontaneous versus planning, if your partner is an introvert and you are an extrovert, then you need to kind of figure out, okay, when is the best time to kind of leave them alone and let them recharge? Even though I know that sucks, because like me as an extrovert, like I just want to be around people all of the time. And as an introvert, like if someone's around you too much, you're obviously going to get pissed off and then it'll cause like a rift in your relationship and all this kind of stuff. So knowing that if they are a certain type like that and how that type interacts with your type, it helps to kind of mitigate any fights. And also, if you guys aren't already dating, it kind of helps you understand the personality, I guess, of the person who you are potentially going to be seeing. Because like, let's say you're an extrovert and an extrovert. I rarely have found that to work for me. And I think that's because extroverted types like are so used to being the loudest ones in the room that when you get together with an extrovert, you guys are both like, low-key competing to be the better extrovert. And it just like doesn't work. However, I did recently rekindle a relationship with a guy who was an extrovert, but I am definitely way, way more extroverted. Like you can be 40, 60 or like a 59, 41, like extrovert introvert. So you can definitely be, I think those are actually called like ambiverts. You can definitely be kind of in the middle, or you can be an introvert technically and then still have extroverted tendencies. But because I am such an extrovert, even though he is an extrovert, I have a feeling that his E isn't very, very strong and mine is. So that's why we haven't really experienced a lot of issues when it comes to that. But that's just like the the Myers-Briggs is something to just kind of casually slide in there when you first started when you first start seeing someone because then you kind of have a better understanding of their personality which i think is important and it also kind of combines with the the two other tests that we're going to talk about something that i should also mention i should have mentioned this in the beginning the first thing before you even ask these anyone that you're seeing to take these tests for you the first thing that I always look for when it comes to seeing a new person, I feel like I can always tell. I talked about this in the everything I've learned after being single episode, but I feel like I can always tell what someone is down for based on how many quizzes they're willing to take for me. Like I said, there is the love language, the personalities, and the BDSM test. So I can tell right away if the person, if I'm like, hey, can you take these three? And they only take the BDSM test they just want to have sex versus if they take like the BDSM test and the Myers-Briggs, they're like, okay, like I'll do the BDSM test because like I want to fuck her, but also I'll do the Myers-Briggs to like 
impress her enough that I took like not just the sex quiz. And then if you get can get someone to take all three, that kind of indicates to me that that person is like a little bit more committed because guys fucking hate doing that shit unless they're actually into it, which I rarely have found a guy that is actually into all of these, taking all of these quizzes. So if they take them all for you, then it kind of sets like a better ground for what they are expecting out of the interaction. So if they're actually looking for a relationship or if they're just looking for a hookup or whatever, if they're looking for a wife, like you can, I feel like you can kind of tell on how many quizzes they're willing to take for you. That being said, let's flip into the second quiz that I like to get people to take, and that is the five love languages. So if you guys are familiar with the five love languages, I feel like it's pretty mainstream. Um, You can use them in your friendships, in your relationships, in your relationships with your children, all of that kind of stuff. And I think they're honestly really important. So there is a website. I think it's just called fivelovelanguages.com. I will leave all of the links in the show notes if you guys are interested, but there is the five love languages. So the way that it breaks it down, I think there's a five love languages for children, five love languages if you're in a relationship, which is one that you take with your partner. And then there is also one that you take if you're single. So I encourage everybody to take the single one um, if you're single and then the relationship one if you're in a relationship. But either way, kind of the gist of the results that you get, there are five different categories in the love languages. So there's gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and quality time. This is something that I never really put a lot of thought into when I was dating any of my like serious boyfriends. I was just like, okay, well, if they love me, they love me and they'll love me how I want to be loved. And then in turn, like I would love them how I wanted to be loved. And then it really made me realize that that's just not true. Like something that I really realized when I was single and like most of my friend group was also single at the same time because we went through a phase where like literally 90% of our friend group was single. So we had a lot of time to like talk about this and figure it out. But for example, when I took the quiz, my love language is zero out of 12 for gifts. So they give you a score out of 12. So it doesn't mean like when you get the results, you are like just strictly words of affirmation or just strictly gifts. Like it'll give you a number out of 12. So you can kind of see where your options are ranked from number one to number five type of thing. So for example, when I took the quiz most recently, my love language for gifts is zero out of 12. So I just am just not into it. I don't really see gifts as love. I see gifts like, for example, for Christmas and stuff, I feel like it's like a mandatory thing because that's like the holiday of quote unquote giving or gifting. So I don't know. I just don't really see it as important or like a a display of affection, but that is just me personally. Whereas on the other hand, I've had a lot of friends whose love languages are gifts, so they seek out partners that are willing to gift them and all of that kind of stuff. Now, the reason that I say that it's important for you to understand your love languages and also the other person's is because let's say I was dating someone whose love languages was gifts and mine was not, I would have to really understand that. So like I didn't get upset in the relationship. So like, let's say we get in a fight. For the record, I should say that my number one 
love language is words of affirmation. So like I like to hear the I love you or I'm proud of you or like here are all the things that are great about you type of thing. Like that is my affor or not my affirmation. That is my love language is words of affirmation. Like affirmation and gifts are literally the completely opposite sides of the spectrum. So let's say I was dating someone whose love language was gifts. Let's say we get in a fight. Now what I would want to hear is I'm so sorry that I hurt you like blah 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 all this kind of stuff. I'd like to hear like a words type of thing to acknowledge that you like fucked up and you hurt me in some way but that you didn't mean it or that you're remorseful and you regret like fighting. On the other hand, if I was the other person whose love languages was gifts, like what I would want is like some token of apology. And so when people's love languages are gifts, it doesn't mean that they need like grandiose gifts every single time. That could mean us like having the fight and going our separate ways. And then the next time that we see each other, I'm not, I'm not saying like going our separate ways, like we don't talk again for months. Like it literally could just be like, I need to clear my head. I'm leaving type of thing. Let's say you come back with like their favorite Starbucks drink. That is more impactful to them than you saying, I'm sorry that I hurt you, because in their head, like, they don't receive love like that. They they want to get a gift to indicate that you understand that you hurt them type of thing. The thing about the love languages is both of you have to understand it, and you have to be willing to literally do the exact opposite thing if your love languages are, op- are the opposite. So, for example, I find that a lot of men's love languages is physical touch, and I feel like that just, like, makes sense, but physical touch is, like, a pretty easy one, even if, so, for example, <laughs> Nikki and Gage, their love language for physical touch is, like, their lowest one. You or girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever you're seeing's love language is physical touch. Like, obviously, you're going to accommodate that because you're like, fuck, like, I love this person and I want them to know that I love them, even if this is, like, kind of fucking killing me. And I think what you definitely should be doing is communicating that. So when you guys ultimately figure out your love languages, let's say one is affirmations and one is gifts, just for the easier continuation of the example, you have to understand loving someone in the love language that you have have when they have a different love language than you will result in both of you being unhappy because you're like why is this person not telling me they love me whereas the other person is is like why is this person not showing me that they love me type of thing what i suggest is getting them to do the quiz so you can kind of understand what the other person is like how they show love how they receive love all of that kind of stuff so you can be more accommodating and more aware. And I think a lot of the time this starves off a lot of fighting because you have a better understanding. Like, because I feel like a lot of fights come from, oh, like not feeling loved or not feeling appreciated. But that doesn't mean not hearing I love you. And that doesn't mean not spending time together. That could mean a bunch of different things for a bunch of different people based on their combination of their love language. So I definitely would get someone, the person that you're seeing to take it. And then once you guys have taken it to kind of discuss it. So continuing with the example, if I was seeing someone whose, whose love language was gifts, I would be like, Hey, I see your love language. Your first one is gifts. And like your fourth one is words of affirmation versus like my first one is words of affirmation. And my fifth one is gifts. Um, we're pretty opposite on this, but I'm just letting you know, like for words of affirmation, like I would like to hear that you love me and that you're interested in me and blah, 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 blah. And like, I understand that you have gifts. So I will try to show my affection in the form of 
gifts when I can't type of thing. Now, that being said, you can like talk about it as much as you want, but loving someone in their love language, if it's not yours, is really unnatural. So you have to actually try. So make sure that you come across clear with that when you're talking to this person and be like, this is what I need type of thing. Also, I should say, don't do this on like the first date, obviously. This is kind of the stuff that when you're seeing each other, you can get their love language and then kind of understand. And then when you guys start dating, kind of like bring it up again and go more in depth into it. But that is the second quiz that I think is important when it comes to seeing people. And it is the five love languages. Last, but certainly not least, let's get into the BDSM test. If you guys don't know what the BDSM test is or BDSM in general, um, your love life is probably pretty vanilla, but that is fine because, you know, we don't kink shame here on Hey Bitches. Even if you are like, ooh, like, I don't think I want to take that. Like, I don't think I'm very kinky. Let me tell you, vanilla is an option on the quiz. So it is overall, I feel like, actually pretty good for everybody to take. Let's get into it. So the BDSM test, you can find it at bdsmtest.org. And basically it asks you a series of questions and it's on a sliding scale. So it'll ask you questions like, I enjoy getting tied up. And then you answer either like strongly agree, strongly disagree, neutral, agree, disagree type of thing. So it gives you like a sliding scale from like strongly disagree to strongly agree. And it basically takes all of your answers, correlates them all to the different outcomes that they have for the quiz, and then you get a percentage overall. So this is very similar to the love languages quiz in the fact that you don't just get like one answer. You don't just get like, oh, like you're a daddy or like you're a rigger or like a whatever. Like you don't get a, a one thing. It gives you a percentage breakdown of all of the different options. So that is something that I do really like about the BDSM test. Um, so it'll tell you things like if you're a degrader or a degradee or if you're a pet or an owner or if you're vanilla or if you're an experimentalist or whatever, it'll give you a percentage out of 100. Now that doesn't mean that each answer gets a full percentage out of 100. So like let's say there's 20 options. I think it's probably something around there. There's 20 like outcomes. Each percentage or each option isn't weighted over 100%. So each option individually is 100%. So you could be a 100% degrader or like a 100% owner versus like if you had 20 different options, you have to be like 1% and one because that means one out of 100 type of thing. Does, does that make sense? So it kind of, it gives you all of the different options. So like, let's say you are a little bit more on the vanilla side, then it'll, you'll probably have a higher vanilla percentage. Let's say the person that you're seeing is like super on the degrader side. They're like a 98% degrader. That means that maybe your sex life isn't the most compatible. And not to say that you should like with every single quiz that we've brought up, not to say that you should be discounting this person because you have different sex lives. I'm just saying that it could be a potential thing that you will have to work through because let's say that you are, this is a really good example. A lot of guys that I've gotten to take the BDSM test, they have really high rigor 
percentages. So what that means is they like to tie people up. And me, the opposite, so they have all of them. So like the opposite of a rigger is a rope bunny. The opposite of um, an owner is a pet. The opposite of a degrader is a degrady type of thing. So it, you have all of them on there and it does give you like percentages in all of them. A lot of the guys that I have come across with these quizzes are riggers. Now my rope bunny percentage is like 16 or something like that. Like I just don't like it that much and it has to be very extenuating circumstances like I it has to be in the moment I have to be like okay sure and yeah it's not like an every time thing for me versus I know people whose rope bunnies are super high and they're like oh my god yes like I love this every single time and it's just like it's important to kind of understand that because like I said, with the gifts versus words of affirmation thing, if you're in the same situation as me, so let's say you're dating someone who is a rigger and like their favorite thing is to like tie people up, then you should be allowing your partner to live out their fantasy once in a while if they are being accommodating and letting you live out yours. So that is just something to kind of understand and that I think is important because sex is as much as people don't like to like admit it sex is a really big factor when it comes to relationships if you guys have shitty sex like yeah it can get better but like what if it doesn't you know what I mean like what if the sex stays shitty and that's going to become like a point of contention in your relationship because you're like what the fuck like I just want to have good sex and like I love this person but like I can't stop thinking about the fact that we have awful sex and then that could potentially drive it to cheating or whatever like as much as I hate to say it but when you have an understanding of the other person's results of like what they like to do and all this kind of stuff it does make it a little bit easier. I kind of have a tangent on sex quizzes and that is because so the BDSM test I really would refer to you if you are single Um, so you can kind of understand what you like, and then when you get the results back from somebody else, you can kind of cross-reference their results. Now, if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, I would suggest this website called Mojo Upgrade. So Mojo Upgrade is a couples quiz, so both of you take the quiz individually but at the same time. So the questions are like, let's use the tying up example. So like the question is, I like to be tied up. And so it's the same sliding scale, but the answers are different. So one of the answers could be like, yes, strongly agree, strongly disagree. Um, And then instead of saying neutral, the neutral option is if my partner wants to. So that kind of helps you understand the dynamic or like the, the sexual interests of your partner without making the conversation awkward. Like I know that like kinks and stuff, they're becoming more normalized and all that stuff, which is incredible. And we talked about that a lot in um, the sex toys episode. If you guys have listened to it, it was a really good episode. I think you should check it out. But we talked about that a lot in the sex toys episode because there's a lot of stigma behind liking what you like in the bedroom, which is like so crazy to me because it's like, why would you not want to have good sex? Like, why would you have boring sex because you're scared of having like the best sex of your life type of thing. So when you take this Mojo Upgrade quiz with your partner, it gives you the results. So both of you can see the answers at the end. Like I said, you answer them on different phones and then both of you can see the results and you can see like your answers and your partner's answers like cross-referenced. 
and then you can have an open conversation about it. So, like, let's say that I chose only if my partner wants to for the the rigor or, like, the tying up situation, and I had never mentioned that to my partner before. Obviously, like, I wouldn't because it's not something that I'm big, big into, so I never would have, like, casually mentioned it in passing. They can be like, oh, like, I am actually really into this. Like, why have we never done it? And then you can have, like, an honest and open conversation and be like, okay, well, it's not that I'm not really into it. It's just not like a big, big thing for me, but like I'm open to trying it type of thing. So that is a really good quiz if you guys are in a relationship or like are seriously seeing someone and you're looking to have better sex or kind of just like open up a conversation about your sex life. That is a really, really good quiz to take. Again, that is called Mojo Upgrade and I will leave that in the show notes as well. Um, And then, like I said, if you're single, I would encourage you to take the BDSM test. So I guess my final point when it comes to all of these quizzes, the reason why I do these three quizzes specifically is because it kind of knocks out all of the big three areas of any relationship like And when I say relationship, I don't mean like person to person. I mean like actual love type of relationship. It kind of knocks out all of the big three. You learn about their personality type. You learn about how they like to be loved. And then you also learn about how they like to be fucked. And I feel like if you can master the personality types and the sex and also the love, that kind of translates into a way healthier relationship. Like you have more understanding of the other person. They have understanding of you. So let's say you guys both equally put in the effort, then it makes that makes the whole relationship better. Like you understand each other more and all of this stuff. I understand that there are genuine connections and all that kind of stuff, but even if you do have a relationship that you think is incredible and perfect, taking these quizzes will not hinder you in any way. It'll, if anything, just help you out, especially for example, the Mojo Upgrade quiz, if you are with like a lifelong partner, taking that quiz will potentially spice things up in your life and all this kind of stuff. So that is kind of why I encourage the taking of these three quizzes if you are seeing someone or even if you're trying to understand yourself and what you're looking for because let's say your your love language is gifts and you've just been dating all of these people who like don't pay for your dinner or like don't like take you on dates or anything like this and you're getting discouraged and all this kind of stuff that's probably because their love language is not high on gifts so you need to start seeking out people's love or people who have high love languages for gifts type of thing so it kind of comes down to self-awareness it comes down to the willingness to work the opposite type of thing for you sometimes and like just learning how to love, appreciate, and understand someone in the way that they want to be loved, appreciated, and understood. That is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to screenshot it and share it over on Instagram and tag us at Podcast. I would love to chat shit in the DMs with you. I love when you guys send me DMs. It really does mean so much to me, and I do try to reply to every single DM, so if you do send me one, I would love to see it. Also, before you go, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give this episode a five-star rating and a review. It really, really does help me out and it helps me to continue to make this podcast. Finally, make sure to subscribe everywhere that you listen to podcasts because Hey Bitches comes out every single Thursday and I would not 
want you to miss it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. I will see you in the next episode. I am finally, we're finally getting Nikki on the podcast in the next episode. So I hope you guys are excited for that. I love you guys. Have an incredible day. I will see you in the next one. And for now, bye-bye, bitch.